See? There we go. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode, episode number 10 of Before You Kill Yourself podcast with your boy, Leo Flowers. Um, my roommate's pit bull is uh, under the table right now. It, it needs some affection. It's, it doesn't want you guys to get all the attention right now. It's very needy. Um, how's everybody doing? How I mean, really, how are you truly doing? People ask you how you're doing all the time. And you could tell, like, they don't really mean it. Uh, I had I was on the elevator the other day, and uh, the guy gets on. He's like, "How are you doing?" And I was like, "How are you doing?" And I <laughs> and I realize a lot of people respond to "How are you doing?" with "How are you doing?" Um, or "Good" or "Fine," and um, uh, it's a really um, aggressive way to respond to "How are you doing?" "How are you doing?" "How are you doing?" So truly. How are you doing? How are you sleeping at night? Are you sleeping okay? Are you uh, are you waking up in the middle of the night? Are you how are you how are your bowel movements? How's your health? How's your how's your movement? Are you did you did you get outside and breathe some air? I got you know Flynn Beck is um you know I live in L.A. and there's a lot of fires up in um up in Malibu and up in the canyons. And people are losing their homes, they're losing their businesses, you know, just losing their way of life right now. And um, and so a lot of people are, uh, you know, working on rebuilding right now. There's still some fires in some places, but it's 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 uh, it's not nearly what it was uh, a week ago. And uh, so we want to pray for those uh, people up there. And you know what? I don't even want to say losing because that's such a, a dis empowering word to say uh, losing they are um, transitioning to a new way of life they are they're uh, moving on they're rebuilding they are coming together to uh, uh, you know to take a um, to take a moment to see what they have and see and you know and when when there's a fire when you have to grab everything that you have, uh, or the essentials, at least in the middle of the night, at the last minute, when you have to flee from a fire or persecution, or you know, you look at the people in uh, the uh, the caravan headed this way from uh, Honduras. Uh, you 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 figure out that what is really important to you is not a lot, right? We 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 accumulate so many things, we buy so many things. And uh, uh, we put our happiness and who we are in our clothes and our appearance and a lot of physical things. But when when there's a fire knocking at your door, when uh, you have to leave at a last minute's notice, uh, you find out really quickly what truly matters. Right. You're not you're going to grab your kids. You're going to grab maybe a photo album. Uh, maybe your laptop, uh, cell phone, credit cards, passport, um, may, maybe a cliff bar. I don't know. But um, you, you're going to – I have like a million books, and I would love to if – I, if I, in the middle of the night, I think I would grab, I would grab my laptop. I would grab uh, my passport ID and uh, a couple of my books and my notepads for sure. Notepads, books, and um, – Hopefully I can grab the guitar, but that would be it. There, I don't, there's there's nothing else 
I can think of off the top of my head. And I'm fortunate because, you know, if you have kids and, and a family, you definitely want to make sure that they are uh, safe. So, um, you know, it's a time to be grateful is is what it is, uh, even if if you uh, lost a lot in uh, the fire. But if you're here to talk about it, to still be alive, because uh, I think like uh, the, the, the death toll is at like 20 people or, or 30 people. Um, so jar of pickles, you would grab a jar of pickles. Marquise Allison said she would grab her jar of pickles before uh, 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 he ran out the door. So thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, aggression. Oh, my boy Amir K joined in. What's going on, Amir K? Uh, on so on today, talking about aggression. Aggression has such a negative connotation in that. Anytime we think of aggression, we think of violence. And the reason why I want to bring up aggression is so many people right now are struggling with uh, mental health issues, uh, whether they're depressed or sad or they're feeling like they're in a rut, and um, or not even that, you're just not moving forward in your life the way that you want to. And, or, you know, uh, you, maybe, you know, you want to talk to a girl, and you didn't talk to the girl or guy or whatever it is, you're just feeling stuck. And a lot of people are afraid to be aggressive. And, and I'm not talking about assertive, right? Like there's a, there's a time to be aggressive and there's a time to be assertive. So what do I mean by aggressive? I have, a, you know, a lot of people on Instagram and I have a lot of friends on Instagram and there are people who post like a thousand times a day in their Instagram story. Truthfully, that is aggressive, right? Starbucks opening a Starbucks on every other corner is an aggressive move. That's very it's not violent, right? It's aggressive. Um, you know, we've all been in those relationships with someone who is constantly uh, texting you. Where are you at? What are you doing? Who are you with? That is aggressive. Um, somebody who cranks out a lot of work. Some some people like uh, when it comes to exercise. Like I, I knew this one guy who he'd be in a gym for four hours. There's something very aggressive. And, you know, there are other names for it. you could be obsessive. Um, some people just say a, a psychotic, but, um, aggression, I want to drive home the point that aggression is not necessarily violent, right? And what, what I want you to get from this is that I want you to tap into your aggressive nature. And I bring this up because a friend of mine was, uh, out on a date and the guy was like, Yo, why don't you come meet my family, you know, tonight? And she didn't want to go. And I was like, why Why did you go when you didn't want to go? And she felt obligated to go. And a lot of women and, and a lot of these Me Too uh, stories are people putting themselves in positions out of because they feel obligated to do this or obligated to say that. And there is nothing wrong with, feeling with saying no and being a, a little aggressive about uh, how you feel and what you want 
and what you stand for. When you look at protests, you look at Gandhi, you look at Martin Luther King, um, right? Uh, Flynn, I can, I can, uh, I can see you when you type, but like I can't see you visually. You're right, Flynn. Um, so uh, to be aggressive is not a negative thing. What I want you to do is to actually be comfortable with your aggression because when you're not comfortable with your aggression what happens is is that you build up resentment because you didn't stand up for yourself right to stand up for what you want to confront the realities of where you are and what you believe in that requires a level of aggression and so many people want to walk around we live in this very like there's like two worlds right one is like the the person who is overly aggressive right but then you also have the person who um it's just like i'm just i'm just nice and you know I, I, I just want everybody to be good and everybody polite and everybody you know just all love all around and the reality of life is na human nature we are complex beings right and and we are denying parts of ourselves that are natural that are okay and if you don't exercise um, <laughs> if you don't exercise those parts of your nature they're gonna they're gonna um, uh, expose themselves in unhealthy ways so there's a healthy way to be aggressive right there's a healthy way to to take a stand for yourself and to show up and uh and 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 be creative and exercise right um yeah i know microaggression ted chambers just uh just uh mentioned microaggression but uh so you want to find a way to tap into your aggressive nature because on the flip side of you know i, I go to a lot of yoga classes and as much as there's so much love and so much peace and everybody just coming together there's this underlying aggression of your yoga mat better not be too close to my yoga mat and uh, you know uh, your cell phone better not go off like there's this you know everybody is there's like a, a hunger games kind of thing of people wanting to find their space especially um, during the rush hour times and uh, you could tell people are kind of stressed out about if they're going to get their spot, if they're going to get a good spot, if they're going to get there in time. And so there's there is an aggressive nature to um, to 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 maintain that status quo of everything is beautiful. Everything is light. And I'm not just here to like pick on um, on yoga. But what I what I, I want to really bring this up, because. By saying, there's so many people who walk around and they just go, well, I'm a good person and uh, I just want to find somebody who's good. I just want to find a good person. Well, even a person who is a good person, right, a good father, a good wife, a good child, there is an aggressive side to them. There is a, there is a moment where, like when you watch that show, um, what is it, The Walking Dead, right? Where in the beginning, uh, or any TV show where like it's apocalyptic, there's always those people in the beginning who are very nice and just you know don't want harm to come to anybody. But over time, 
as the uh, obstacles start to mount and uh, crap hits the wall, people become their opposites and you get to see their full range of uh, personality and who they are. And so people get to walk around. Like, if you think Barack Obama, as nice as he is, as um, as uh, well-spoken as he is, if you think he's just this nice, wonderful, joyful person to be around all the time, you have to be sadly mistaken. There, there you, There's a level of aggression that you have to have to become president of the United States. Um, you look at Oprah, a, a, a multi-billionaire, a successful CEO running multiple companies. There's a level of aggression that you have to have to run that type of empire. You know, that's why all these stories about, uh, you know, Steve Jobs and and I'm sure we'll hear some stuff about Bill Gates after he passes. And uh, you'll even look at like a Bill Cosby, like nobody saw this side of Bill Cosby um, years ago. And now we're like, what? We had no idea. The most chill people. And and you're right. Uh, Trent Stewart uh, Jones is like the most chill people are those who are um, some of the most passive aggressive people. Um and that and what that is, passive aggression are people who are denying their aggressive tendency. Right. And I'm not saying walk around, punch people in the face, get angry. Um, you know, I'm not talking about violence. I'm talking about aggression. I'm talking about imposing your will, moving forward, um, really taking a strategic um, uh, stance in your life of who you are and what you want and not being afraid to show up um, as that and ask for what you want. You know, a lot of people, we dance around like instead of just saying no, people just go, well, that doesn't work for me or maybe later or, um, you know, oh, how do you feel about that? And it's like, just say no. There's nothing wrong with telling someone no. And when you tell someone no, that's when you find out who they really are. Yeah, absolutely. Confront, confrontation, standing up for yourself. Telling someone no gives you an insight as to their range of personality because we all we all just want to maintain the status quo, keep everything cool, everything nice. We want these nice little neighborhoods. Um and life is not like that. Human nature is not like that. Um, I am, for the most part, uh, uh, most people would say a very nice guy, a good guy. I look out for people. I donate. Uh, I give money to homeless people. I sit down and I talk to uh, people without homes. I, I'm a mental health advocate. I call my mom at least once a week. I talk to my sister almost every day. Um, I do all those. I eat right. Um, I, I, I stop and help old ladies across the street, but do not be mistaken. All right. There's a part of me that, that will also rip someone's head off on the wrong day. You know, the, the, the whole road rage and, and all that stuff. We all have that ability. Um, and we're just, you know, triggered at different points. So I want you to look at your life, um, 
and and breathe into that there um don't deny that part of you it's part of human nature and this is all coming from robert green um or part of this is coming from robert green's new book uh laws of human nature and and when we and 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 if you don't tap into that it becomes depression when you don't really express yourself truthfully. And that's what we're really talking about. We're not just talking about walking around, start being aggressive. That's, I don't want you to, to take away from uh, this conversation that what I want you to walk away with is to be honest, to be genuine, to be in the moment, to say what you really feel, but in a healthy way. You don't have to yell at people, right? And um, there doesn't have to be a shouting match or any type of physical physicality but um stand your ground express yourself and say what you really mean to say and don't do things out of obligation right do things that you're committed to not that you're obligated to doing and it takes and 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 hear this it's a skill it's a skill to be aggressive it's a skill to move your agenda forward right it's not an easy thing, what I'm talking about. But Mother Teresa, like if you read stories about Mother Teresa, uh, to us, she was this beautiful, angelic, wonderful person. But to the people who worked for her, they have horror stories about uh, Mother Teresa. There are horror stories about Gandhi, horror stories about um, uh, Martin Luther King, you know, uh, abusing his wife. So, and I'm not saying, once again, I'm not saying it's okay to be violent. I'm saying do not accept all the parts of you, not just what you, what's quote-unquote good and what's socially acceptable. Like, we are humans. We're part of nature. Nature in itself is aggressive. It's violent. There are volcanic eruptions. There are um, tsunamis. There are earthquakes. Those are all violent and and aggressive and um but it's it you know it's not personal right so breathe into that tap into that and and get the things done that you live the life that you truly uh you know you want to live and and look people in the eye why don't there's no need for you to um look away or couch look them in the eye right notice their eye color Say hello. Show up 100% as who you are and own that. So that's that long rant on uh, aggression. I hope that um, I hope I hope you guys understand that. And, uh, and I hope it's not like misconstrued. Uh, all right. The other thing I want to get into is. Um, oh, intellectual aggression. Oh, so here's the other part. I, I realize that I am intellectually aggressive, right? Meaning that I love to read books and I just, I'm, I'm always trying to consume uh, and absorb more information so that I can share it with you guys and I can incorporate it into my stand up. So you can be intellectually aggressive. You can be socially aggressive. I have a friend who gets um, you know, goes out every night and is always trying to like meet new people and, and get phone numbers. And um, there, there's an aggressive quality to uh, 
wanting to shake everybody's hands and, and meet everybody and, and be at every party and, and, and know what's going on everywhere at all times. There's a, there's a level of aggression that that takes to, to show up for that. People who, um, even, and any of the people who like bring their own meals to a restaurant because <laughs> they don't trust what what's being cooked, you know, in in a in a foreground. There, there there's a there's a level of aggression there, you know, people who really have these uh rigid boundaries uh set around them. So, you know, don't be afraid of it. Um attack problems. That's the other thing is you know, we all have problems in our life, and a lot of us we have problems and issues that we're just hoping will go away, right? We're 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 treating the problems like a uh, hello. What's going on right there? Boom. Oh, nope, that way. Um, we have problems and issues in our life that we'll, we'll just we're we're just hoping will will disappear and go away. Instead of sitting down, you have bills that are stacking up. You have uh, goals and op- and and things that you want to get done that uh, you're not you're not sitting down with. A lot of people, I feel like, uh, get in trouble during tax season, right? Taxes come up, um, and because they have not been, they've been avoiding looking at really how much they're making, how much they're spending, how much they need to put away, they get hit with this huge tax bill. Uh, You look at a Wesley Snipes. And so, because the opposite of aggression is avoidance, and you, we don't want to walk around of you can't walk around avoiding life because eventually what you've been avoiding will catch up to you. Right. And and so sit down. How much money are you spending every week on food or cigarettes or drinks or drugs or or whatever is in your life? Attack those things. Attack them. Sit down. Confront it. Uh, take stock of what you have. Look in the mirror and ask yourself, you know, like, is this the body that I want? Am I eating? Am I exercising? Am I doing all? Am I being aggressive enough with my nutrition? I don't like the word diet. Diet is such a weak word. Um, It's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to go on a diet. It's like, oh, you just cutting stuff out of your life. I, I prefer the word nutrition. Are you being aggressive? Are you attacking your nutrition? Are you attacking your workouts? Or are you just hoping that you're going to wake up one day 10 pounds lighter? Um, yeah, exactly. Trent Stewart Jones was like, this is why people do drugs. This is why people overeat, binge eat. And I'm, I'm guilty of that, right? I'm, I'm completely guilty of all of this uh, where, you know, the other night I, th- I had a pint of ice cream. I was just, I felt, I was, I was uncomfortable. I felt really uncomfortable. And, uh, and a pint of ice cream uh, took care of that for all of 10 seconds. And then I was right back to being more uncomfortable than I was before because now I'm all bloated and, um, and gassy and, and all those things that I otherwise uh, would not have been. So we, instead of avoiding life, attack life and if attack and a being ag- and being aggressive if those words are too uh, aggressive for you then um, think about engage engage stop disconnecting engage with life engage with your with your financial problems engage with your health issues a lot of people walk around with 
uh, either physical health issues or mental health issues. You know, I just made this uh, green smoothie shake and I don't want to make that. I don't want to drink that. I don't want to make that green smoothie shake, but I have to because when I when I took stock of my nutrition, when I took stock of how am I feeding my body, how am I feeding my brain? And when I when I looked at why am I experiencing brain fog? Why don't I feel clear? Why don't I have the energy that I should have? Uh, I wasn't getting the vitamins and nutrients in. I wasn't being honest about that. And I had to sit myself down and say, okay, Leo, what do we need to feed ourselves so that we can show up as our best possible self? And so I have to, that that green smoothie shake is something that I have to do because I am committed to showing up 100% every opportunity that I can um, so that I can communicate with you guys and I can feel connected. I feel connected to myself when I know that I'm, I'm feeding myself in the best way that I possibly can. And uh, I understand that everybody's situation is different. Time, you have kids, money, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just talking about doing the best that you can. And you know when you are because you, you, feel, um, uh, you feel good about yourself. And, and you can look people in the eye and uh, you, there's, a, there's a vascularity, there's a musculature that, that you start to feel when, um, when you're living in alignment with your values, right? So engage, attack, confront those things in your life. You know, it's, here's, you know, I live in L.A. and driving around. I'm noticing more and more potholes, right? And there's nothing more damaging to a car than potholes. And and just to safety and traffic, it causes all types of issues. It, it backs up traffic. My boy Lucky Duckett is in the building. And, and so a lot of us have potholes in our life. And if we ignore those potholes, they become sinkholes. And, and now we're not just talking about slowing down traffic. We're not just talking about uh, a busted tire. Now we're talking about death, termination, the end, right? And and, and now we, we're at a crisis level instead of at uh, an uncomfortable level. So fill in those potholes in your life. Take stock. Walk around your life. Walk your physical life, your social, your occupational, your spiritual your mental, do you need to meditate? What are your stress levels like? Are you sleeping well at night, right? So confront those things, attack those things because it's not it's not acceptable, right? It's not it's not how you're you are designed in it and it's preventing you from living optimally. I'm talking about optimally. That's what we want to do. We want to optimize. We want to do things that are beneficial for us, right? So um, attack, engage and uh, and confront. Don't don't, you know, breathe in that aggression, boys and girls. All right. Um, and along with that. Be honest about what bothers you. I, so many people talk about like, oh, I'm fine. Things are good. Uh, no, if something bothers you. 
say that bothers me. That makes me uncomfortable. That um, that uh, 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 it's 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 uh, I for, I forget the other word I was looking for, but um, but don't be afraid to say, wow, that really bothers me. I'm really bothered by that, or I I really feel uncomfortable in this situation, or that really hurt me. That was the other word to say. You know, something hurt to say something bothers you to say something makes you feel uncomfortable. Tap into those. That's the subtle nuance because um, that allows you to be honest and to show up instead of just saying things are good, things are fine. No, I'm I'm really bothered by, you know, uh, what what happened the other day. That um, really hurt me. What you said. That's perfectly okay, right? Be honest with that and be honest. And I'm not really comfortable going over to your uh, your friend's house. So I'm not really comfortable. Um, with you staying over or, uh, you know, eating this or drinking that, be honest about it. Right. And you don't need to give any further explanation beyond that. But uh, but that's a, a part of uh, being aware also of how you feel. A lot of times we walk around thinking, well, I shouldn't feel this way or or, you know, or well, what am I feeling? And if you feel it, then express it because maybe you're right. Maybe you're a little off or, and then you'll get feedback, uh, you know, from, um, uh, from your external cues as to how, if, if what you're feeling is right or wrong, or, um, you'll get some type of reading as to, uh, whether you, you should be more and feel more uncomfortable or less uncomfortable. Right. So there's nothing wrong with expressing that or not even expressing that if you feel it just walking away. My a friend of mine was on a date and um, uh, uh, and it was a point where it got uncomfortable. And I was like, why did you stay? Just grab your stuff and get up and go like don't because the, the longer you stay, the harder your no becomes. Right. So get that no out early. Throw it out early. Hey, uh, do you like ice cream? No. <laughs> do you like Tuesdays? No. Like get those practice, practice saying no, practice walking away from things that make you feel uncomfortable. You don't have to explain yourself. You just have to stand up for yourself. That's what standing up for yourself is, is I feel this way and I don't need you to validate how I feel. So I'm going to respond in such and such a way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My boy Trenton Stewart Jones was like, he met a woman with six kids and that made him uncomfortable. That would make anybody uncomfortable, uh, Trenton Jones. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable just thinking about six kids, man. That's crazy. Uh, Yeah, yeah, every date's at her house for sure. Um, Because here's the truth. No matter how good, you know, you think someone is, we are all hypocrites. We're all hypocrites and 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 no matter how nice and how beautiful something is. And here's what I mean. You know, we just had the election. Right. And what I love about the election is it just showed me how much of a hypocrite I really am. And because, you know, we get so caught up in who we're voting for. Like, did you vote for did you go Republican or Democrat or this guy or that guy? But the real truth of what you believe and who you are lies in how you voted on the ballot measures. 
Yeah, the ballot measures. The the things that ask you, hey, uh, do you want to increase taxes so we can fill in these potholes? Hey, do you want to spend a little bit more on, on your interest rates? Or, or uh, uh, can we raise the housing taxes or land taxes so that we can pay for schools? Um, hey, do, should we raise taxes so that we can uh, save the animals? And when you look at the price tag of a lot of these ballot measures of uh, improving schools, of filling in potholes, of saving animals, right? Um, uh, tr- uh, traffic, you know, like, hey, do you want to, like, you, we all complain about traffic. But then when they say, hey, do you approve us shutting down three lanes so we can build two lanes? You're like, I don't know if I care. You know what I mean? When you start adding up. So my point is we are all hypocrites and and that's okay. That's okay. That's that's just life. Like you nobody's perfect or else life would be boring. Absolutely boring. And there would be no reason to live. Um my dog is actually Flynn just asked me where my dog is. My my it's uh laying down. It's my roommate's dog. I want to take credit for the dog. But uh, but but he loves me like it's like it's mine. But he's he's staring at me right now, like, what's this dude doing? <laughs> I have no idea what he's thinking. He he might be like, man, I'm about to tear this dude up, put a little barbecue sauce on him. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's a little camera shy, obviously. But Flynn, I'll I'll show the dog uh later. For those of you on a podcast, I'm also live uh uh live recording this. Um. So, you know, talk of we're all hypocrites. And and here's a um a way to, to really be honest about who you are and take stock is to notice uh trends in your life, right? Like we all we're all we're all tied into Twitter trends and what's trending, but we also um in our life have our own trends, have our own cycles. It's not we're not just talking about a woman's uh, you know, monthly cycle. We have our emotional cycles. We have our, our work cycles. Like some people work better in the morning than in the evening. Right. And some people work better in the evening uh, than in the morning. Or some people work better, you know, starting at like I have a friend who wakes up at 2 a.m. To, to work till 6 a.m. and then sleeps for like the next eight. So it's about finding out what are your trends. Right. And and, and figuring out how you can improve upon, like, what what's working in that trend. Are there any negative trends? What are the positive trends? And how do we build on those positive trends, right? So that you can really be honest about, you know, who you are and what you're doing to say, hey, this is what, like, I was noticing. I was like, man, I haven't played, I'm, I'm, I haven't played the guitar in a while. So I was like, I'm just going to go grab the guitar just to, just to break that trend, right? Just to, so I don't want to keep that because a lot of times, you know, we'll go, well, I haven't played the guitar in a while, so I guess I'm not into the guitar. And I'm like, no, I haven't played it in a while, so I need to break that trend. Right. Or people will go, well, you know, I was eating really well and I started eating cookies and, and ice cream, so I might as well just keep eating cookies. And it's like, no, like break that trend. So whatever whatever trend you have, when you notice it, that's when you break it and and you break it right then and there. You don't let it continue and fester on and you don't accept it as as who you are. Right. Right. It's not what you do 
people will say, well, what you do is who you are. Yeah, it's a part of who you are, but a part of who you are is also breaking that trend. So notice those those trends. That's why it's good to journal and write down what you've been eating, what you've been doing, where you've been going, um, how you've been spending your time. I have an app on my phone called the Mint app. And uh, it 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 sends me emails about about when I'm overspending in a certain area. It's like, hey, Leo. You're spending a couple extra hundred dollars uh, this month on groceries or, you know, you're spending uh, too much on uh, travel or whatever it is. And it helps to keep me in check as to my trends. And and it, and it, it I go, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. And so it's good to notice how you're trending. Are you working out more? Are you working out less? Are you sleeping less? Are you sleeping more? Those things that are important to you. Notice your trends so that you can figure out. Um, if you're trending in the right direction in your life, right? So, oh man. So speaking of aggression, speaking of, uh, trends and being honest with yourself, uh, there's a quote that said my boy, Jake, my boy, Jake Johansson just, just signed into the, the Instagram live. What's up, Jake? Um, I want to talk about revolutions, right? And this would be a, a very short Revolutions and revolutions are started by one of three things, right? It's either something that you hate or angers you, uh, something that you love or something that bothers you. And so if. If being aggressive sounds too aggressive for you, you just don't like that language, if that's you just can't have that as a part of your vernacular for whatever reason. I want you to start a revolution. I want you to I want you to dig deep and be like. Uh, I, I want you to be like, what do I need to revolutionize? When we think of revolution, we think about, you know, Che Guevara and uh, and I mean, even Martin Luther King, like that was a revolution. We think about the the, um, uh, you know, the, the Vietnam protests and the civil wars. And we think about these these revolutions on, on these massive scales that involve thousands of people or millions of people. And really the real revolution is internal, right? The real revolution is you versus you, me versus me. That's sorry. This, this thing is making too much noise. Um, the real revolution is in, you sitting down, taking stock of what's bothering you, what's upsetting you, what's angering you, and 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 doing something about it. And then, and I'm I'm getting this from uh uh man, my boy uh Lewis Howes, uh School of Greatness, and I and I love this right here. He said, enroll people in your in your vision, right? So a lot of times we, we talk about like persuading people or trying to get people on board with what we're thinking or believing. But I encourage you to instead of trying to get people on board or, or, or trying to like um, uh, uh, manipulate people, tr- think about enrolling people into your vision. Right. That's such a strong word, because when somebody is enrolled 
in your vision and what you want to do in your mission, right, then there's there's complete buy in. And now you're a team versus, you know, uh, somebody swindling you or I'm selling you an idea or or, or, or I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to market you. And it's like enroll people in your idea, in your vision, in your mission and 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 enroll yourself. Sometimes the real revolution is in enrolling yourself in your vision, in your idea. Like sometimes you have to sit down with yourself every day and remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. Reminding yourself of your vision, reminding yourself of your purpose, reminding yourself of your passion. Sit down every day and and continually re-enroll yourself in your vision, re-enroll yourself in your purpose, re-enroll yourself in your in your mission. Um, you know, next year is going to be a new year. We're almost at the end of the year. And a lot of people are going to start their, uh, you know, I'm going to start my, uh, my New Year's Eve uh, resolution next year. And it's like, are you really? Really? The fact that you are Putting your revolution, your revolution on hold tells me that you're not even because when it's a revolution, a revolution cannot wait. A, a revolution cannot cannot be put on a back burner. A revolution is something that you have to start now. Right. That that internal revolution, if 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 you need to cut people out of your life, cut them out of your life. If you need to if you need to uh, end your your Netflix uh, subscription, because make no mistake. A revolution has casualties. There are casualties in a revolution. People died um, for their civil rights. People died in a civil war. There was nothing civil about this civil war. There was nothing civil about fighting for your civil rights. There's nothing civil about a revolution. There will be casualties, right? So decide what it is that that you need to cut out of your life and decide who and what you need to enroll into your life so that you can move forward in the with the momentum that you need with the energy that you need to get those things moving forward. The other day, um, uh, I, I had a, I had a buddy, you know, I'm, you know, I always talk about delegating and, 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 and enrolling people. And it's, uh, it's funny how you get confronted, right? We talk about being a hypocrite. You get confronted with your own wisdom, your, I wouldn't say wisdom. That's, uh, that's right. Let me humble it a little bit here. Leo flowers. Um, with your own words. Um, I had someone reach out to me on social media saying, hey, Leo, I really love what you're doing and I love to be a part of it. And uh, and my initial reaction was no. I was like, you know, I, I got this. I could do it all myself. And then I said, I can't do it all myself. And and I've been telling myself forever that I need to build my team up more. I need to build up more of a team. And in that one day, I had two people reaching out to me 
saying how they wanted to help and be a part of the team. And this is not me without me even asking. This is just people seeing what I'm doing, seeing what I'm putting out in the world, putting out on social media, the energy that I bring and saying, I want to be a part of that. And I had to, I had to, you know, I had to silence my, my fear. I was afraid. I was afraid to say yes. Um, because I, I, I'm afraid of, of, of what feels like giving over control. I want to, I want to control everything, which is insane, which is ridiculous. If, if anything, I love being part of a team and I love, I, I, I love, uh, people coming together with a shared goal and mission and and vision uh and and working together and and then being able to share that with other people and and here I am with the opportunity to to build that and I'm like nah no nah, nah, I got it I got it guys no nah, just just walk away so be on a lookout because you will have the opportunity to get what you ask for you will have the opportunity to uh to to take advantage of the dreams that you've laid out the plan that you have um to, to execute all those things and you will find at the moment where all everything is about to come together you will find that that last moment there will be hesitation there will be fear even jesus and I'm not a religious dude, right? So don't think Leo Flowers is about to get all uh, in the Lord said on the nah. Um, there, there, even Jesus the night before uh, he was going to be crucified, you know, he was like, he, he got on his knees and cried and asked God. He's like, God, please take the remove the cup. I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I don't want to be here. And it's and it's crazy because of 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 everything he went through to get to that point, right? And then the the night before, he was like, I don't know if I can do this. And you see this with athletes. Even um, I have, I have friends who do compete in CrossFit. And the night before the CrossFit competition, I have friends who were triathletes. And the night they can't sleep. And then they and they all of a sudden. All the insecurities creep up, and the fear, and the um, um, and 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 the self defeating thoughts. They all try to to seep. All the ghosts all of a sudden start to uh, appear, and and it's always the moment right before you're going to cross that finish line, right before you're about to, before your 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 revolution becomes a transition, um, before. You, you go from being the resistance to to assistance. I don't know. I was trying to rhyme some stuff. I was trying to get all uh, <laughs> I was trying to get all Al Sharpton on you. But um, but so just know that that is part of the process. Just know that when you start your revolution, whether it's uh, maybe there's there's a, there's a cause. There's 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 something in, in your world that you want to change, whether you want to fight for animals or mental health or you just want to get some potholes filled uh you know it could be your revolution could just be contained to your block maybe i remember uh i was a building when i first moved to hollywood and um i was like man it like the farmer's markets were so far and um and uh, it was just i just lived in a concrete jungle 
And so I started a rooftop garden. Now it was short-lived, but that was my revolution, starting the rooftop garden. So whether you start the, the, the revolution in your in, in, internally or in your home with your family or in your community or, you know, on a, gro- a broader scale where, um, you you know, you want to change the world, like attack global warming and, um, and uh, you know, all these other um, uh, social ailments like homelessness and, and poor health care. But 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 we know that that is a form of aggression. And so it's OK for you to tap into that. Don't run away from that. It's, it's who you are. It's who we are as a people. OK. Um, now. Here's another here's another way uh, aggression shows up. And this is just like insane. There's this guy, Andrew Martinelli, who is 107 years old. I posted it on my uh, Instagram page, 107. And not only is he 107 years old, he's still showing up for work and still cutting hair at 107. Still cutting hair. 107. Every day has customers, no glasses, uh, no, um, uh, uh, no hearing aids that I saw. I, 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 I it was in the, uh, I think it was a New York Times uh, paper. One hundred and seven years old. There's something aggressive about that. About just the fact that the audacity. Think about that for a second. The audacity to think that you should still be here showing up for work at 107 years old. Because you know people at 60 told him to shut it down. At 70, it was like, why are you still here? At 80, was like, yo, can you even see what you're doing? At 90, right? Like, to be 107 years old, you're still showing up. People still trust you with scissors in your hand. You can't tell me his hands ain't shaking just a little bit. Just a little bit? Come on. And and, and it's sharp. And you're going to trust this dude with your fade at 107? I wouldn't trust a 7-year-old, let alone a 107-year-old. But he's doing it. And he's showing up. And there's a level of aggression to feel like, I belong here. I feel connected here. And that and that's the power of being connected to your community. Right. Because the because he he can't keep doing what he's doing unless the community and the people and his clients. And if they if they're not continually showing up. Right. And and, you know, at one hundred and seven, he's lost a lot of clients. The dude is one hundred and seven. He's He's lost heck of clients, right? Like, uh, he, I, I can't imagine that his client list today is what it was. Because uh, I think he's been doing it for like 90 years or something like that, forever. So through through a bunch of presidents, he's heard everything. I mean, people talk about locker room talk. I'm from Chicago, and I got to tell you, um, barbershop talk to me is probably not not worse than locker room talk. It's different because in the in a, in a barbershop, like you talk about everything, everything in a barbershop, you know, locker room. When you're a kid, you're just talking about girls, girls and sports. That's it. But at the barbershop, man, you talking about the day's news. 
Yeah, I mean, that's you learned everything you needed to know about women, about life, about politics, about money, about the neighborhood, about how, you know, this affected that and that affected this and bills being passed. And um, it, it was really the place to to where you could keep your ear to the streets and know exactly what's going on uh, everywhere uh, in the world. Because there was always one person who read the paper from front to back and, and had no problem telling everybody what the news was, which is how it used to be, right? Um, so th- there is um, there's an, uh, an aggression. There is a an engagement for him to be able, just think about the fact that not only is he cutting hair and doing it, but he still wants to, still has a passion for it. So a lot of times when we think about passion and we think about purpose, a lot of people get caught up in, in these grand visions, right? In these, in these, uh, you know, it's like you got the, like Gary Vanderchuck. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave. I don't. I never sleep. I'm going to leave a legacy. Um, you, you think Elon Musk. You think Arnold Schwarzenegger. You think, uh, you know, uh, Michelle Obama, Needed Hill. Um, you know, just uh, all these people have done some really wonderful things, and really it could be as as important as significant as just showing up to work every day and finding and finding a reason to show up to work every day right like he cuz he's not just showing up and cutting he's not going through the motions he loves what he's doing and and you know that because he's still able to do it when you when you're doing something you don't love to do you die early it takes you out real quick like like your your lifespan, you know, you know, uh, minus uh, an accident or some genetic deficiency. It says a lot about how engaged you are with your life, how you show up, how connected you feel to your work and to the people you're working with. You know, a lot of times when we talk about health, we're always talking about food and exercise. But there's also there also has to be like an intellectual engagement with what you're doing. And for this guy, Andrew Martinelli, I salute you, 107 years old, doing a damn thing. It says a lot about his mindset and how he shows up because you know he has to sit down and and reassess, you know, do I keep doing this? And he's just not in autopilot because autopilot, that takes you out really early, right? So I salute you. And that's dope. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, all right. Last thing I want to bring up is uh, getting to know. Now, do I want to bring that up? Yep. All right. Let's bring it up. Okay. So last thing I want to talk about is no and the power of no. Okay. And I'm bringing this up because I realize a lot of people cannot handle the word no they can't handle rejection um i can't I, it hurts me like i mean i hear no but I, I, I feel myself crumble a little bit inside i'm like what you mean no you know how much you know how hard i worked on this uh it, it makes me upset just downright disrespectful for you to tell me no uh, I, I you know I, I put thought into it it should just be yeses all across the board and i shouldn't have to uh go and and redo it and come back with something better 
Um, which, uh, of course, I'm being facetious there. But a lot of people struggle with no. A lot of people are, uh, are killing themselves over being rejected by a girl or a job or work or whatever, um, or sabotaging themselves, even work, sab- to sabotage yourself, your life, or, or, or someone else's. Um, so I want to talk to you about, uh, I only got a minute 55 left. So with the minute 55 left, um, here are three tips to get past the word no. One is, uh, it just means be more creative, right? Be more creative in how you are presenting it in your ideas. It's not no, it just means not right now, right? Number two is, um, it might be timing. People are more likely to say no in the morning than or in the afternoon than they are in the morning, right? So present present your uh, case earlier uh, in the day. Um, number three is your no probably is coming more out of fear. I want you to empathize with people who tell you no. Because a lot of times people are terrified to say yes. Because by saying yes, they relinquish, they feel like they're relinquishing control, which is why I didn't want to say yes to the person wanting to uh, help me out, but I did say yes. Um, and people also um, don't want to say yes because people are afraid to say yes too early. You know, because when you say yes too early, you feel like you've been taken advantage of. And nobody wants to feel like they're taken advantage of. So they hold out on no, right? Or they, or they just give you a no. So you have to time it up. Like little kids are good at timing up their questions. Like they know when mom and dad are in good spirits and when they can ask uh, for a bump in their allowance or if they can spend a night over their friend's house. They, they read your energy and your body language. Oh, and the last thing about no is it might be how you're asking for it. I'm more likely to give a verbal yes than a written yes. For whatever reason, I don't like typing yes. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Before You Kill Yourself podcast. We're going to record this every week. I thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, please subscribe. Please comment. Please like. Uh, my boy Barry Clark just tuned in. What's up, Barry Clark? Mark Mika, Patrick, Patrick uh, Sheehan, uh, uh, Lydia. Thank you. Thank everybody for uh, tuning in. My boy Ted Chambers in the building. Before You Kill Yourself podcast. I haven't even put these up yet on uh, iTunes, but it'll be up on iTunes, Spotify, and all that real soon. And then, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to take over the world with this. So thank you guys, and peace.